Welcome everybody inside the Self Dislike Podcast. I'm Mark Allison here with my man, the infamous Justin Quinn, the Dr. Quinn. Uh, we're uh, recording this on Saturday morning. This is what, the 20, 22nd? Um, the Celtics are on a three-game skid after two awful back-to-back losses. Um, and then, you know, uh, last Saturday too, not a great, not a great game against Detroit either, but these last two were especially bad. Um, Justin, um, quick thoughts. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what's, what's going on? Panic in, at the garden. Uh, no one's going to like me saying this, but we, we just need like, even, even these guys, like they, they had a players only, not a players only meeting. They had a meeting, a discussion as, as Marcus Morris, uh, termed it. After the the Bucks, I'm gonna call it a blowout. It wasn't quite a blowout, but for most of the game, it was a blowout. So, you know, there there's some alarming things going on uh, at a superficial level. But I mean, it's the middle, it's the depth of the season. The Celtics are going into one of the the tougher stretches remaining in the season, and they're doing it criminally undermanned. Now, that does not make an excuse for the Phoenix loss. That should not have happened. Right. Even even with all the things that went wrong, but uh, we can just come down a little bit, I think, and, and not, you know, treat everybody for everybody and just, yeah, it's not so bad. Yeah, like, I, I agree with you that the Phoenix loss is real bad, uh, even without some of the bodies that they were missing, but um, last night, I mean, I know it's at home, it's a little easier for me to stomach because we're going up against a team with... Uh, you know, um, one of the probably the freakish uh, athlete, big size wise um, in the league. So going out against him without our best big man defender, um, our best big man goon, um, and then Morris as well. The, those three guys missing three of our best big men. Um, you know, I, I, it's it is what it is. Um, we, we usually usually when we play them, Giannis gets his anyways, and and we kind of just you know work on stopping everybody else or at least that's the goal anyways but um they were shooting well last night and you know the the bucks are the bucks are essentially playing the way that we thought the celtics were going to play this year right like like they seem like the clear number two team right now um uh toronto being first or, or you know what i mean and um it's Kind of, it's disheartening that they're in that spot that we thought we'd be in. But I still think, like, people are going crazy. Um, I mean, how many games? What? How many games back are we right now? We are with three losses back. Um, I mean, three losses in a row puts us five and a half back from the Raptors. And you know, while that sucks and whatnot, there's still 50 games left. You know, people acting like that's an insurmountable. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's 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 all that. The Celtics could easily go on a run. We saw them win eight in a row. Um, they certainly need to get the bodies back. But I, I think it's the way they lost these two games. I mean, this game seemed like it was over in the you know first quarter. Uh, the, the effort just wasn't there. Um, they did manage to almost cut it to single digits late. Um, and then the only problem with that is it's like maybe they should have just punted in the third quarter. But, I mean... You're at home. You got, you know, something to play for, I guess. Um, yeah, but like going back to the Phoenix game, that was that was just bad. I mean, seeing obviously Baines going down in the beginning of the game, things were thrown into disarray. Considering we already didn't have Al, we didn't have Morris. Um, 
So we got out crushed on the boards in both games. So I think, you know, chalking it, it's, I don't want to chalk it up to injuries and whatnot, but I mean, seriously, we got crushed on the boards two games in a row without three of our best big men. Yeah, it's explainable, if not necessarily excusable, in Phoenix's case. Right. In Milwaukee's case, you know, like they're, they're one of the top three teams in the league right now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I've been saying all season long, that with, with their new coach, and especially now that they have a, a much more modern roster with, with a deal they made recently, they they are not a team to feel bad about losing to, particularly considering the fact that we've already beat them once. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit Detroit has been playing great. Like none of these teams in in, in a nutshell, uh, in, in excuse me, in a nutshell, in in a vacuum is a problem to have dropped a game to. The problem is dropping all three of them, uh, and that is bothering fans. I understand that. Uh, but I mean, even after an eight game winning streak, you know, water finds its level. The the team is still finding its way. We still have an injured player coming back. We still have a lot of mi- minor nagging injuries. There's, there's, there's good reason to be concerned, but there's good reason to not be too concerned. So as, mu- as much as the fan base is, is tired of hearing people preaching patience, Give this one a little bit longer, uh, particularly once Marcus Morris gets back into the lineup. I mean, the man has been like pretty much, you know, excluding just Kyrie Irving, the best player on the Celtics both ways. Yeah, which feels uh, really weird saying percent. that, but yeah. So just don't freak out too much. If we start dropping some more games to sub five hundred teams, then maybe you know there's something to worry about, but. We've got a hard stretch coming up next week. We've got Charlotte, Philadelphia, and Houston. Um, so, you know, at least one of those is probably still going to be a loss. Um, I guess it would be Philadelphia. But, you know, they have something to say about their place in, in, in the East with, with the Jimmy Butler trade, uh, particularly after losing to us uh, in the season opener. So I think it's going to be not, not the brightest week, but uh, I think we can handle at least two of – Charlotte, Philadelphia, and Houston. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, that I think that's best case scenario. That that Philly game is going to be real tough, uh, particularly without if we don't have Warford, if we don't have um, Morris back, because um, Embiid is going to be pretty tough to stop inside. Um, that being said, um, you know, uh, so the players only meeting. I think we had one of these because um, it was going back to about a month ago, probably right around Thanksgiving time. They they had one of these closed door players only kind of things. Uh, we were getting reports of uh, Marcus Smart was kind of leading the charge there. Um, now, you know this we've heard a lot this week about Kyrie blaming this a lot of one on one basketball. Um, I, I would go out and say that Kyrie um, kind of contributes to that a lot of one on one basketball. But I mean, but with that said. He's usually successful in doing so. I mean, we see the guy carve through four guys at a time. But, um, you know, what is it that you think – is there anyone that sticks out to you? I mean, it seems like Tatum gets into the hero ball a little bit. Um, We saw a little bit from Jalen last night, but but he was balling last night. So, I I mean, I don't so much mind it when the guys are are hitting, but – yeah, what's uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, what what is it? Is that what it is? Is that the ball's not moving enough? It's it's how the ball is moving. Uh, it, it tends to stick a little too early in the shot clock with someone who decides it's their turn. Uh, and I I don't really know if 
that, that Kyrie is right about this per se as much. I mean, it's been the problem over the season and to a small extent I, I've seen uh, Tatum make some bad decisions in recent games. I've seen Gordon Hayward try a little bit too hard, um, basically beyond where he's at right now. And that's fine. That's kind of just what we have to deal with. Uh, there's other nights that Jalen Brown it just keeps on shooting when he's he's having like one of eight nights. And like like you said last night, he, he was playing within himself, and that is what we want to see from him on a regular basis, at least until he starts to really heat up. You know, he's trying to make him – he's trying to force himself into being heated up. And last night was a good example of, of him crashing the basket and, you know, creating opportunities for others. It's just something that no, no one player – is the ongoing problem. It's kind of just a, a shifting morass of ongoing problems popping up and then going down. And someone else's pops up and then going down. And like this one-on-one -on -one play is definitely part of it. But I mean, the offense was really, as you were saying earlier, it was not that bad in, in the last couple of games, other than the fact that like people can't get a freaking board to save their life. And the effort could be a little bit better on both ends in, in key junctures. Like when, when they close and when they start, they've come out punching and they, they, they close real hard, usually from really far behind. Uh, it's the second and third quarters that are killing us. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, last night, um, the Bucks shot the lights out from the outside, which, they, you know, they tend to do. Um, but there was a lot of open shooters last night. Uh, so I, I agree with you on the on the um, effort on the defensive end. I, I, just something about closing those rotations just wasn't right last night. Um, I think they got a little too focused with Giannis in the middle. Um, they're moving the ball. Middleton was just on fire last night. And, I mean, Middleton doesn't even need to be open to hit shots, but you can't leave those guys open. Thon Maker had, a, uh, I think, shot four for five. Um, you know, and obviously if we had some of the guys – Maybe that's different. The rotations are certainly better when Horford's in there. Um, but, I mean, they, they shot the lights out last night. But And the, the rebounding was just atrocious um, the past two games. But I chuck a lot of it up to the, the, the missed guys. So, um, you know, we don't want to buy too much into that. Um, now, speaking of big guys, um, they're still – this is I mean, this is going to haunt us forever until this guy – somehow gets traded or moves on from New Orleans. Waj talking Anthony Davis to Boston, the possibility. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm not, huh? <laughs> I, I'm not like as much as I'd like to see Anthony Davis in a Celtics uniform, it gets really tiresome uh, to listen to this, especially when we're talking about the only way he could be traded to Boston is through Kyrie Irving. Um, I, that's not going to happen, especially with Kyrie already like, basically committing before this season um, that he's, you know, he's in um, for the long haul here. Uh, why do we have to keep talking about this, Justin? Uh, I don't know. I think it's pissing your dog off. And I mean, that's very understandable. It's, no one wants to hear about this stuff. Max Kellerman saying that maybe we'd be, we'd be, oh my goodness. Max Kellerman is saying that maybe we'd be better off without, without Kyrie. And that's just dumb. Uh, just, this is just, 
people grasping at really obvious stuff in the middle of the season when when the drama is at its lowest really mm -hmm. before like well well in advance of the trade deadline not much is happening all the the december 15th trades that were going to happen probably have happened barring injuries so there's not a lot going on to talk about i get it uh they're trying to stir stuff up and now lebron's taking questions about tampering uh i'm just nah I'm good. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, and I'm I'm all for people want to talk trade and and moving players because obviously we do have a plethora of young talent and people at you know a lot of guys playing the same positions and I'm all for talking about ways to making the team better. But at, the Anthony Davis stuff is not happening this year, so it's just like you know, I mean, whatever. But every time Waj brings it up or somebody brings it up, it's going to be in the limelight and people like to talk about it. But um, yeah. Other trades, fine. Bring them our way. But, I mean, whatever. Uh, we can talk about that in the offseason. Um, anyways, uh, another minor note, the all-star change voting. Uh, so no so no longer uh, are we voting on Twitter with the hashtag. Um, now, how does it work now, Justin? It goes through Google? Basically, the way that voting works is we can't see. Like, one of the cool things about NBA vote is you could, you could search it, you know, and you could see the way that people were voting. You could laugh at people's misspellings. Yeah, yeah. All that fun stuff. And now what happens is search engine results are, are the vote. So let's say, I don't know, somebody just decapitates another player at the end of a game with an X. Mm -hmm. They are going to be in the all-star game right? by that metric, basically. Not, I, I'm being grossly exaggerated. Yeah, here, yeah. But like that's like basically people who are not actually voting for people will be voting for people. So if you look at Anthony Davis because you're interested in a trade to the Boston Celtics or the Los Angeles Lakers, even though you're not actually voting for him as an all-star, you are voting for him as an all-star. Right. And, like, you could say, well, that just is a testament to, to how great they are, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, that's not really the idea. And a bigger thing in my mind is whether the NBA likes it or not, the NBA lives on Twitter, and or at least the NBA fandom. And it's just not it's, – it's, it's, I don't think it's a good move. I think if they want to diminish the impact of, of Twitter voting because of how people, you know, we, we all remember about certain players, uh, home countries, catapulting them into the All-Star game fairly undeservedly just by a, a mass social media thing. But that's not any different from what's going on here. So it's like either the fans have the vote or the fans don't have the vote. And I, I, I can't see any good reasons to move it off Twitter. Uh, I, yeah, it just seems a little crazy, but I don't, but whatever, to, uh, obviously they must have some kind of plan behind it and why it works better or whatever, but that remains to be seen. Um, we saw, speaking of trades anyways, er, earlier this week or last weekend anyways, um, we had the deal that, that didn't go through and then got redone the next day. Um, there was a three-team deal. I think it included Memphis, right? Originally, um... And the Brooks, not brothers, somebody Bro Brooks. Oh, it was, uh, right, my my boy, PC, Marshawn Brooks, uh, is who Memphis wanted to include in the deal. Um, and the other two teams thought that it was, uh, who's the other Brooks on um, um, Dylan. Memphis? Dylan Brooks. Anyways, that, but there was a mix-up in the players. 
Um, they, they weren't getting the player that they thought they were getting, so the deal got nixed. Uh, so then Washington and Phoenix made the deal themselves. Uh, they cut out Memphis. And um, uh, so Trevor Ariza returns to Washington. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. Uh, is on Phoenix. This already cost us a game because he basically hit the shot that put that game out of reach on Wednesday night, Phoenix. I, I did the recap, and I remember it, it was awful. Nothing like seeing our old pal Kelly Oubre. Uh, I am so drown sorry. us out. That must have been yeah, fun. yeah, right. Um, but Ariza back to Washington. Um, <laughs> that's an upgrade, right? Uh, barely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it depends. Like, <laughs> right now it is. It won't be in, in a year. Right. You know, or maybe maybe even by the end of the season. Who right. Knows? Um, I don't know why they did that. I mean, like, I guess they clear a little bit of salary, but, I, I mean – do they really think that they're going to get a lot, a lot more good years out of Ariza? I mean, he's just basically a rental this year, which is the same thing as Ubre. Well, they're both contracts are up, Ubre, right? Have, yeah, but like with Ubre, you, you might have a chance of getting him on a cheap deal, and people might actually want him, and you could probably use, you could have used him to get rid of bad salary, which they totally yeah. did. So it's a, why did they why did they even do this deal? I don't get. Well, it. I mean, I guess if you think that Ariza is better, Washington right now as bad as they are, they're twelve and twenty. Um, they're only what two games out of uh, not not even. I think uh, two and a half two and a half games out of the eighth seed from Miami. So That's or three games, but either way, um, you know they're they're right there. Um, you know, the teams in between them, we're talking the Nets, the Magic, the Heat are the eighth seed right now. Um, so there's, you know, there's uh, obviously it's maybe it's in their best interest to make the playoffs while they still have Wall and Beal. Because I would imagine if things don't go well, which it's looking that way. Things aren't going well. <laughs> um, that this is going to get blown up in the offseason. So, um, you know, maybe make one last run at the playoffs. And I mean, they, they, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. If you think Ariza's better. I agree with you. I don't really see that much of a difference. Uh, Kelly Oubre is kind of a gamer. He shows up for big games. Um, you know, he's got some playoff experience. Obviously, Ariza's been around for a long, lot longer. Um, but I don't know. Maybe they just needed a veteran presence in that locker room like Ariza to sort things out. Uh, he's, he was on the team, what, a couple seasons ago, right? Um, maybe this was a way to get – maybe this was a way to get Wall and Beal, you know, uh, back on the same page. I, I don't know. But um, – I, I would imagine it has something to do with locker room chemistry and whatnot um, because I don't really see any real huge upgrade there um, on either side of the court. But either way, it's uh, that's, you know, we'll, that remains. We'll see how that works out. But um, anyway, so with the all the injuries to the big men, we've had our, um, our boy Rob Williams, the, the Time Lord himself, um, we, we've had some controversy over the Knicks nickname the past few weeks. Now, I think we might've touched on this the last pod, but I'm not sure if it was before or after. I can't really remember, but, um, Danny Ainge came out on Toucher and Ridge, uh, in his weekly interview Thursday, not this past week, but the week before talking about the Time Lord nickname and how he didn't like it. And he suggested Lob Williams, uh, which kind of got laughed oh, at. God, it's I mean, so it's, bad. um, you know, <laughs> it, and, um, you know, we, we were, he just said he didn't Sorry, like the name. Danny. And, um, you know, then we had uh, Scal and uh, Mike were, were both clowning him during the broadcast after that. Like, what a silly, you know, whatever name that was. Time Lord, such a cool name. Scal loves it. You know, calls him Time Lord, like, every time he's on the court. I don't even think he knows his name anymore. Um, so, 
Um, then so then Timex comes in and throws a uh, throws a on Twitter throws out a, a, a lob of him perhaps being their um, spokesman or something. Uh, the Time Lord. We should talk um, now. All of a sudden. We got an about face from Ainge this week. We had even Wick talking about how this was uh, – he was on the yep. – uh, during the Phoenix game, Wick was on the broadcast for the second quarter talking about how he thought that Ainge's suggestion was ridiculous. So the next day, Ainge is back on the, on Toucher and Rich and w- said that it was Williams that didn't like the Time Lord name and he was just trying to do him a favor to try and nix it. Now, Aww. this has taken on a life of its own. It's too late for any of that anyway. I mean, it's it's been chosen. Um, it's but a good I, name too. I don't see what the big deal is. Like I get I get how it was affi- like affiliated with his early issues mm-hmm. with timing, but now he's being known for his timing, timing right? Shots, timing and position. Yeah, I mean, and it's you know, it's, you know, it's like being able to move within space and time. That's I mean, that's how I take it now, anyways. Um, but Williams has never publicly said he didn't like the name. I remember him saying something like he thought it was strange and it's taken on a life of its own, whatever. But I guess now he's all in. Ainge said he talked to him. Williams. He's all in now on it. Um, so it's, it is what it is. It, he wasn't going to, we, we weren't going back on it anyways, but kind of funny that we get Timex involved. Touch and Rich were joking about Timex. Like the Timex is still around. Um, you know, couldn't be like Movado or something. It had to be Timex. Um, it's a it's a good way to get yourself back relevant, though, to get yourself connected to an up and coming star because he's going to be a star, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's at 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 worst, he's going to be one of those guys who's even if he's not a superstar, he's going to be a. Um, you can't you can't dunk like that and send stuff into the stands like that without getting at least a fair amount of money. right. That's what I mean. He's going to be right. Team. He's going to be a talked yeah. about player. I mean, look at he's already. I mean, he's you know he's. Blocking, what is a ridiculous like six blocks per thirty six minutes or something like that? He leads the league in guys yeah. that qualify over the time. He's got even more than um, anybody. So I mean, per thirty six minutes we're talking, but still, um, he's making a huge impact in that way. And he's still almost. I mean, you know, he's putting up like eight eight points and eight rebounds um, in just about every game where he comes in. So. Um, even in his limited time, obviously he's playing a little more now than he has been, but um, definitely, definitely has some some serious potential there. Um, uh, and talking crazy, um, how about Kyrie, our boy, Mister uh, Conspiracy, Flat Earth, Flat Earth, um, defending Steph Curry's moon landing comments. If anybody doesn't didn't hear about this, I'm sure everybody did, but Steph Curry. Um, Saying that we the fake the moon landing, um, this craziness. What, 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 at what point does it, you know, like I mean, just this all this stuff become too? too I mean, it's it. We all kind of laughed it off at first, but it's kind of ridiculous. It's poor. It's problematic, man. Because people look up to these. That's people, what I mean. And you know, like. It's okay to to challenge ideas, to challenge conventional wisdom, but do it from a position of intellectual strength. Yeah. You know, find out how best to challenge questions like that. Do it scientifically. Use science. And then, you know, 
go into whatever conspiracies you want to, using things like Occam's razor and empiricism, you have an opportunity. You know, there there are plenty of people out there who are using their position for political. Mm -hmm. Uh, but in this in this day of misinformation, I think it's really important for for people with with a bully pulpit or soapbox or whatever you want to call it to say, hey, don't necessarily accept conventional wisdom out of hand just because someone tells it to you. Find out what's really going on, but do it in a way that is tested and proved to get you results that powers the world around us and technology mm -hmm. and social order. And instead of, instead of feeding into, you know, like basically one degree move from anti-vaccine movements. And if you're listening to me and you don't get vaccinated, you're dumb. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, moving along. Uh, that's how I feel about this stuff. They, they need to not do that shit. Yeah, I think it started off, it was kind of funny, it was all jokes and stuff. And it, I mean, it's it, it's a slippery slope where um, it can actually do some damage. And, uh, you know, it's kind of kind of ridiculous, you know. So um, hopefully, you know, this isn't going to go on forever. And hopefully these guys smarten up about some of this stuff. Because they're affecting young kids who look up to them. And it's kind of, you know, it's not so funny when you take it in that light. Um, yep. So here we go. Over the... Uh, Holiday break here for um, – we've got the Celtics uh, we talked about a little bit before. We've got Charlotte tomorrow, Philly on Christmas Day, um, middle of the day, like 4.30 game. Um, then Houston later in the week on Thursday. Uh, they got a tough stretch overall coming up. A lot, not so many. I think there's a back-to-back -back in a couple of weeks, but most of the games are just every other day for like the next few weeks. So uh, not a lot of breaks in between. Um, this is going to be tough, especially if we don't have those bodies back. Um, definitely going to be a tough stretch for the Celtics um, over the next couple weeks. Uh, I, I personally, as long as Horford's out and, um, you know, we don't have Baines, even with Morris back, I think it's best case scenario is we, you know, tread water and stay a few games over 500 over the next couple weeks in, in terms of those games coming up. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty rough schedule. I mean, even, even beyond this uh... – this immediate it's it's a pretty tough week coming up with, with Charlotte. I mean, Kemba's not playing the way he has been, but as you pointed out, Philadelphia has been playing about as good as they have. And even though Houston uh, has been playing very badly and has lost um, Chris we Paul to, to a grade two hamstring. Yeah. They still have James Harden. Right. You know, they have Clint Capella. They are not a bad team. They have Eric Gordon. Yeah. They, they, they will probably be as dangerous as any other team we played this season. Uh, you know, and it's going to be away, so it's not going to it's not going to be a friendly crowd. So, you know, now that now that we're talking about it a bit more, I would probably be happy as long as we come away with a win out of these three. To be honest, yeah, nope i uh, i I think that's definitely uh, probably a win. Anything less than a win uh, is is bad. Um, we can't go on a six game losing streak here. Not good for business. Um, Anyways, guys, thanks for hanging with us over the holiday break. Um, we're going to try and get one in next week. Um, but if not, enjoy the holidays. Uh, if we don't get one next week, enjoy the new year. Um, make sure you check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com. we got a huge variety of shirts and hoodies in the store, and you can even get tickets to the next game under that heading. You can find the pod on Wooshka, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, be sure to rate us five stars. 
If you don't like something or have a suggestion, make sure you let us know with a comment on any Celtics Life article on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. We're always trying to bring you guys the Celtics coverage you want the way you like it. So have a happy holidays from Justin and myself and the rest of the CL Pod gang and everyone else at Celtics Life. Happy holidays, y'all. Take care.